Welcome to the Park City Podcast, a podcast created by Park City Church to discuss who God is and how he is at work in our lives. I'm your host, David Morelli. Welcome back to the Park City Podcast. Again, my name is David Morelli, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Phil Schomber. Phil, it felt like spring this past weekend. Did you do anything outside to soak up the warm weather? You know, not really. Um, <clears throat> I had to had to work, so I was inside most of the time. Um, so yeah, I didn't really get it get a chance to take advantage of it, other than um, a couple of walks with Tucker, who you might be able to hear kind of barking. He's really excited at the moment uh, about us getting our podcast started here today. <laughs> See, even the dogs are listening. This is such a huge, huge audience. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we were able to get outside for a hike with, uh, our dog Moose over at Rock Cut this weekend, which was nice us along with, you know, felt like every other, uh, Northern Illinoisan, (laughs) probably the busiest, busiest day at Rock Cut so far as it was the warmest day of the year. Uh, so it was not a unique idea, but it felt nice just to get outside and starting to feel a little bit like spring. Although as we're recording this, it snowed today, so (laughs) Second winter, you know, first spring, who knows, it all blends together, right? Yeah, eventually it, uh, it does get warmer. Uh, we'll hold on to our faith in that. <laughs> exactly. Right. We'll just, uh, we'll hang on. But again, as Midwesterners, we're used to this. This is, we can, we've prepared for this. We know that, it, you know, spring is coming and, and it'll get here eventually. We just might have, you know, six or seven more snowstorms until Mother's Day. And then we hit Mother's Day and we're usually, usually good. Well, before we jump into this week's discussion, let's look back at last week's, where in our sermon discussion, we talked about Jesus' call to love our enemies and how we are to bless others beyond what is expected of us. Then in the devotional discussion, we talked about how we are created for God's glory and how our aim as Christians ought to be to find our ultimate satisfaction in God by savoring who he is. Now, this week... This past Sunday, Corey preached on Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, and verses 16 to 18, and discussed three Christian activities, giving, prayer, and fasting. Now, Jesus teaches us just how prone we are to focus on ourselves and our own self-righteousness in these activities, rather than focusing on a heavenly perspective as he calls us to. So, Phil, as you were listening this past Sunday, what stood out? Well, as usual, there were... Um, a couple of different things, but probably what stood out the the most was uh, the necessity of cultivating our relationship with God. You know, because we are so prone to making everything about us, you know, we need to regularly and frequently focus on him. Otherwise, our actions are likely to just be motivated by our selfish desires rather than flowing out of uh, faith in him and out of our appreciation for what he's done for us. Absolutely. Right. I, you know, like I said last week, how every week we talk about how convicted we are. (laughs) This week was no different, you know, struck by, right. Even in these good things, we, we just get in over our heads so quickly, right. We, we make it about ourselves. We think that we're doing it the right way. And really we start to, you know, reflect on what's going on inside and realize, wow, we are so missing the mark, you know, and I'm, I'm no different. I really appreciated what Corey said 
near the end of the sermon, that reminder to, you know, how, or rather how we need to be reminded of our spiritual neediness in the pursuit, not just of, you know, the three things mentioned in this sermon, but in the general pursuit of superior righteousness that, you know, this whole Sermon on the Mount series has kind of been building on, right, that we need desperately God's grace that we might pursue that righteousness with the right mindset and perspective seeking to honor and glorify God who is in heaven. Yeah, we've talked about it a number of different times throughout this series, but when you look at Jesus' teaching and just how high the standard is because he's looking at that inward attitude, you know, we're we're forced to acknowledge just how f- far we fall short in you know in all these areas and you know you might think that oh when we have spiritual activities that we're doing here we're on safe and solid ground because you know if we're giving if we're praying you know what can be the issue but then again Jesus again goes deeper and asks you know what is the motivation and because pride is such a uh a difficult area for us even here we find it creeps in and you know we're more concerned about what people think about us than uh, kind of doing these out of uh, concern for for God and, and what he wants from us exactly and I think that's what makes you know these specific areas giving praying fasting difficult is that they're external right like you're saying and it kind of gives us something measurable. And anytime we have that, we just twist it to make ourselves look good. Uh, you know, and, and so we want to say, okay, I'm, I'm justified before God or before others. Or I should be commended by others because I give blank amount, right? Or uh, because I pray so often or I fast so often. You know, this, you know, tells me how spiritually, spiritually mature that I am. However, you know, like you're saying, it's, Jesus, Jesus's care or, you know, really what he's looking at is what's going on in the inside, the motivation behind those. Like, yes, they're good things to do, but he cares, you know, beyond just the, are you doing the action and, and really what's motivating that. I, as I was reflecting that, I was thinking about, you know, the account in Matthew 23, where Jesus calls out the Pharisees for a lot of their hypocrisy. And he notes, again, this similar theme of, they're performing all these outward actions, you know, for the approval of others to look good uh, in front of others to kind of justify themselves before God, but they have forgotten, quote, the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness, as it says in verse 23. And, right, those matters are tougher for us to measure, right? And yet Jesus is saying, hey, these are the things that are really important. Like, yes, give. Yes, uh, you know, spend time in prayer. Yes, do those things, but if you're lacking justice, if you're lacking mercy, if you're lacking faithfulness, you're missing the point. And, you know, we're, we're to pursue justice and mercy and faithfulness without neglecting, uh, you know, tithing, without neglecting giving and, and, and prayer. And, but we just have that tendency, right, to pursue the measurable pursuits, the measurable things. And then we say, see, God, like, this is, this is why I'm worthy. Well, yeah, in some respect, those some of those external things are easier. I mean, because justice and mercy can can show themselves in external actions as well. 
And when that happens, you know, we also have to be um, careful about our motivations there as well, because we can take a just action or, or support a just cause because we want to look good. But those areas are also more difficult than, you know, just um, dropping some money in the collection plate or uh, throwing up a quick prayer in front of uh, people. And if we're honest, we like those easier things. We, you know, we want to be able to rack up a bunch of good actions that make us feel like we're good people. And um, if we can, you know, fill up our to-do list with those sort of things, we can feel like, hey, you know, we've got this thing down. And uh, again, Jesus points out to the Pharisees, to us, that's that's not the case. You're missing the whole point. Right. And I think that's the, the convicting thing for me as I consider my own habits of, of giving, of, of prayer. You know, fasting isn't something I do very regularly, although it is something I've done uh, and will do from, from time to time. But right, coming back to that, okay, what what is my motivation and why am I doing this action, right? Because if I'm, if I'm giving... I think, I think there's something to be said for pursuing these things out of obedience or for obedience's sake, right? And, and to say, okay, my motivation is never going to be perfectly pure, but, you know, that's not going to hinder me from tithing. Um, but I want to continually come back and evaluate of, okay, am I letting that become a self-righteous act? And, you know, I'm saying, okay, I'm justified before God because I'm giving whatever a month or what, you know, one-time gifts or whatever that looks like rather than being justified by the blood of Jesus. And then, you know, as you say, we, we forget sometimes the weightier measures because we say, well, Hey, I racked up enough God points today. Surely he must be satisfied. Right. And I think that's why, um, you know, kind of, as I said earlier, that it's important for us to, to focus on our personal relationship with God because when we do that, it helps us guard against some of those impure motives. I mean, the, because we're sinful, that's always going to be present. But as we focus on God and as we recognize our need for him, these, these actions become more likely to flow out of that. You know, in other words, when we give, it's, it's more likely to, to be... Um, in response to an appreciation for the good gifts he's given to us and out of faith that he's going to continue to provide for us so that we can um, give generously without worrying about how that impacts us. And when we pray, it's out of a genuine um, desire to communicate with him. Um, but if we're not working on um, our relationship with God, it's, it's that much easier for us to focus on ourselves and what other people might think about us. Totally. Now, Corey was discussing kind of that importance of, you know, shifting our perspective of instead of pursuing these things, uh, you know, for the praise of other people, we pursue them because they are honoring and glorifying to God because it's, you know, out of a, a, a you know, grateful heart, right, that we give. So how exactly does that shift help us to experience God? through our giving, through our prayer life, through 
you know, if we choose to fast, how does that shift of seeking to honor God in those activities or through those activities rather uh, help us to really experience what God has for us in them? Well, to take giving, for example, um, if we're focused on God, we're, we're more likely perhaps to, to make truly sacrificial gifts. And when we do that, we're, we're exercising our faith. Um, we're expecting God to do something with that gift. Um, and we're looking to see what he might do with that. But again, we're also trusting that he's going to continue to take care of for us, take care of us. And when we're willing to step out in faith like that, our faith is strengthened as we see God work, as we see him taking care of us. So when we focus on God in these things, I think it, and it enhances that point of contact and, and we, um, we truly experience God in them as opposed to um, kind of keeping him on the periphery. Yeah, right. We go back to really the purpose behind those things, right? Like as we've said, there, God didn't, you know, God doesn't ask us to do these things so that we can earn favor, right, with him. Like all our righteousness has been sealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So it's not like, you know, we, we gain these spiritual points, you know, by doing by giving, by, by praying, et cetera. However, right, he has a purpose in them. And, and I think like you're saying, right, we give because he's generous, right? And we see God's generosity. We understand that he's been generous to us in the sending of his son, you know, to die the death that we deserved. And so we ought to be generous to others as a way to reflect his character. You know, prayer, right, isn't, you know, we've, we've, you get into that conversation, right? Where when you talk about God's sovereignty, sometimes people go, well, if God's sovereign, why do we need to pray? Well, prayer is about communing with God, right? Like he knows, he already knows what we're going to say. And, and he's, he's God, he's infinite and omniscient and, and, and all powerful, but the desire or, you know, he, he wants us to go to him in prayer to establish that relationship with him, right? He desires to communicate with us and to commune with us. And so that's what, what prayer is about. It's not like we're then surprising God with what we're saying. Uh, you know, fasting is, is similar, right? He's honored by fasting because he alone is the source of life, right? And obviously there's danger in all of those things as Corey was saying, but when you go back to, okay, these activities aren't about earning favor with God, but are ways to experience his character and actually understand through that, who he's called us to be, I think then we start to approach those things with the right perspective and attitude. Yeah, I think, you know, the the more we reflect on uh, God and his character when we do anything, um, we recognize the folly in thinking that somehow we are going to, you know, earn, earn favor with him, you know, because, you know, as we focus on God, we become more aware of our own uh, sinfulness. And that takes away <clears throat> that motivation to, to somehow um, think that we can, if we, you know, if we give enough, pray enough, or do anything enough, that somehow, you know, we're going to be right with him. And when we recognize that, it, it opens up the opportunity um, for these activities to become 
something else, as you were saying, to to actually foster our experience of God and our relationship with Him, rather than you know becoming you know things that we do um, either to earn merit with Him or to impress others. Exactly right. They become ways that we delight in Him, and I think that's ultimately you know, the goal is, is the activities themselves through the power of the Holy Spirit transform us into the kinds of people that God, you know, desires for us to be. And, you know, one of the effects of that transformation is that, right, we delight in being generous. We're not close-handed with our, our money, our resources, but rather, you know, freely giving, uh, you know, cheerful, joyful givers, um, because we recognize, you know, that it's an act of worship, that our resources are not our own, that everything we have comes from God. And, and as you're saying there, we get, uh, I think, a healthier, more God-centered perspective rather than allowing it to be all about us. It's worth uh, noting that, you know, although Jesus, you know, listed, you know, giving, prayer, and, and fasting, you know, the, the same danger lurks in a lot of things, um, you know, here in our podcast, for example, you know, um, you know, what is the motivation that, that I have, you know, right alongside any, um, spiritual motive there is, I have to admit, Hey, people are listening. You want them to, to think highly of you. Um, and, and that's, as we're, we're discussing, that's a danger. Um, our discussions don't flow out of a genuine desire for uh, us to work out our own um, relationship with God and help others to do the same. Uh, they become, you know, something else. And I, I think because of our sinfulness, we can turn almost any activity um, into that. And it, it's just, it's worth remembering, it's not just these three activities that present this danger. That's a really good point, right? And I think again, if you if you're thinking that we're falling into the exact, you know, wrong trap of again, we just we so want it to be black and white and say, okay, what do I need to do to please God? And then I just want to do those things, and it becomes a checklist and a duty and an obligation rather than acts of worship. And again, we miss, you know, exactly what the Lord has for us there. Um, one of the things that Corey brought up at the end of the sermon then is he was kind of processing with the Lord and kind of had some pushback. You know, he was joking around that, you know, okay, if, if Jesus is talking about these topics and really saying, hey, you're, you're kind of doing this all wrong, you're kind of missing the point, isn't that then creating more obstacles in the way of people actually pursuing giving and, and spending time in prayer and maybe fasting? What, what were your thoughts about that question and, and ultimately why are these three things still worthy of our pursuit? Well, it's, it's true that focusing on our motivation does make it harder to, to, to give, pray fast or do anything, um, appropriately, but at the same time, without the right attitude, it's, it's impossible to please God. So I, I guess it's a question of what we're trying to do. If we, uh, were to, to remove the op- obstacles to make giving or whatever easier, um, they just end up becoming barriers to our relationship with God. So in the end, it may be more difficult, but I don't think there's any 
way around it. That if if our desire is to please God and to uh, foster our relationship with Him, we have to pay attention to our motivations. Right. And I thought it was a good question, and I think a very wise question to consider. You know, just as a as a Christian and reading Scripture, and just I think that's a good thing for us to consider. But I think again, Jesus' teaching is so so wise because he understands the temptation we experience in our hearts to make those things about ourselves instead of about God. And right. That's his, his point. And, you know, as you're saying, I think there's, there's ultimately worth in the working through that struggle, right? Being honest about our shortcomings and about our failures and, and seeking forgiveness from the Lord, but still saying, Hey, I, I, you know, I want the desires of my heart to be that I'm open-handed, you know, with my, my time, my resources, my money, uh, in a way that reflects the generosity of God, that when I pray, it is authentic, right? I am communicating, you know, what's going on in my heart and not just, uh, especially, you know, when we're playing, praying it around other, other people, we're not just using words that make us sound, uh, spiritual. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I've used the analogy before of reading the Bible where I think there's so much worth in in opening the Bible and just, even when you don't feel like it, and just reading a little bit. And, you know, to, to make it your prayer, all right, God, change that desire in my heart. Like, create in me a hunger for your word and help me not to see this as, as a duty and remind me that this doesn't, you know, change my status uh, as a as a child of God, whether I read the Bible or not, um, but but I want to want to read the Bible, right? And I think there's there's worth in pursuing these things because the Lord has commanded us to, because he's uh, he's he's asked us to, uh, and I think trusting Him to continue to perform the work in our hearts that's necessary until that desire, you know, does manifest. And again, it's it's never going to be perfect, right? The, that motivation is always going to be impure. Yeah, it's it's important for us to remember that it's a process. In in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is presenting the standard, but at the same time, he recognizes our weakness. And so um, he knows that everything we do is with mixed motivation. Um, but he's calling us, as you're saying, to, to take steps to cultivate the proper attitude to pro- to cultivate the proper motivation, and um, you know, as we do that, you know, our prayer life becomes more genuine communication. You know, we we share what is genuinely on our heart. Our giving becomes cheerful and flows out of our faith in God. And fasting doesn't just become something of a show. Um, but it, it's a process. Um, you know, none of us are there such that these motivations are just, you know, the only thing in our prayer life. You know, um, I, I wish it weren't true, but I know that when I pray in public, you know, there is there's part of me that's looking and saying, okay, this not only has to be eloquent, but it should be theologically profound and anything short of that, you know, people are going to think poorly of you or whatever. And, um, 
you know, I wish that weren't true, but it's there. But, you know, when we think about Jesus teaching, hopefully that, you know, pulls us back to focusing more on, you know, what God wants. Um, but again, none of us is perfect. I don't think any of us <laughs> is there yet. I would agree, right? It's it's absolutely a process, and it's uh, a process worth pursuing. Uh, and again, we are trusting that God is is faithful to perform the work that needs to be done in our hearts in order for us to uh, honor and glorify him through our giving, our praying, our fasting. Um, well, let's pause the discussion there for the sermon and move over to the devotional where we are continuing through the topic of humanity and talking about how God made us with a body and a soul. Now, in the second day's reading this week, uh, you explain that the body is not inherently evil. Now, why do you think we struggle with seeing our bodies as gifts from God? There are probably a number of different reasons. Uh, Greek philosophy introduced a, a sort of dualism that had an idealistic view of the, the soul or spirit of a person. And um, it taught that, you know, the body was evil and functioned as a, a prison for the soul. So the ideal was for the, the soul to escape the body. And that, that picture um, has trickled down and continues to shape our Western society's view uh, on the body and the soul. Um, for Christians, when we add the fact that the Bible often seems to refer to the flesh as a source of sin, uh, it's easy to start to see the body as an obstacle to living a, a spiritual life. And um, again, even add to that, that most of us, um, you know, feel that, that pull to sin that the body sometimes exerts. And, um, you know, we start to see it as this, this negative thing. I thought you did a nice job in the reading of explaining that, you know, when the Bible talks about flesh, it's not uh, not so much our, our body, but as, you know, our our being, our nature. Um, and because I think that is sometimes a misconception and something that does ultimately kind of shade our perspective. The other thing that I was thinking about was we often just see our bodies as a nuisance, right? Like, okay, my body needs nutrition, so I have to eat the right foods and drink enough water you know, it needs rest. I need to get enough sleep. Uh, I should get exercise, you know, when I can. And that's all for the good of my body. I mean, we've all experienced, uh, you know, you get hangry, as Corey was talking about uh, on Sunday, right? If you don't have enough food, um, you get a headache if you don't drink enough water or if you don't get enough sleep. So I think sometimes we see the body as something that needs to be taken care of rather than something through which we can experience God's God's goodness. And I think that contributes to that kind of thought pattern as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of upkeep that the body requires, so to speak. And, um, you know, I happen to, to be a bit of a sci-fi fan and, you know, it's, it's commonplace for, you know, sci-fi, uh, shows and movies to, you know, picture, uh, a higher stage of existence where, humans or other beings, you know, transcend the body and learn to exist as just uh, pure thought and energy, you know, and that, and that can be appealing. I know at times it is to me, as I get older, my body seems to be falling apart with a new ache or pain or physical limitation almost every day. 
And, you know, you can see why people might think, well, I'd be much better off if I could just, you know, uh, shed this mortal coil, so to speak, and, and the inconveniences that come with it. Um, but, you know, it's worth noting that we'd also be shedding the, the blessings that, that come with, with it as well. Right. So let's talk about that then. How do our bodies and our souls help us to experience God? Well, I think it ties in with something we talked about last week. Uh, we talked about um, the idea that God is most glorified when we uh, take joy and satisfaction in him. Um, and we do that with all of who we are, not just uh, with sort of that inward spiritual part of us or the, the, that we call the soul, but it includes our bodies. And, you know, if if we were to cut our bodies out of the equation, our experience of many of God's good gifts would be stunted, and as, as a result, so would the, uh, the joy that we experience, experience in him. Our bodies, you know, are, are a means by which we serve him. So, you know, all of that is, is part of it. And as, as I note in the devotional, um, God could have made us uh, purely spiritual be- beings, but he didn't. So we shouldn't look at our bodies as just obstacles to overcome. The body is an integral part of who we are and how we experience God's goodness and then reflect it back to him. For me, one of the you know ways that I experience God is through nature. And I know that's common for, for many people, right? When you gaze upon just the, the grandness of, you know, a mountain range, right? And we just think, wow, like the fact that God created that and how just the artistry at work. Um, you know, I love hiking and camping and getting outside. Uh, but right. If I, if I didn't have a, a body or eyes to take in that, you're, you know, like you're saying our that experience of the good gifts would be stunted. Uh, or another example, you know, is, is true with food. Like I love, I'm kind of a foodie. I love food. Uh, and obviously, you know, of course there's limits with this. Like we can, we can get to a point where, okay, food becomes a bad thing and, and, you know, right. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, but I praise God that food tastes good, right? Like that pizza tastes like what it tastes like. And, you know, of course God could have, uh, if he wanted to, you know, created one, uh, you know, bland gray colored food with every single nutrient that we need, uh, to survive. And it could be completely tasteless. And we could just eat that, you know, three times a day for the rest of our lives and drink some water and be good. But he didn't, right? He, he created food with great flavor and there's variety. And I think there is an element where, you know, hey, that's a good gift that we can savor. Uh, and again, there's limits, of course, but, I, but you know, we can savor buttery popcorn or uh, Southern barbecue or, you know, like, all these foods and you know maybe you're listening and now you're hungry and drooling and I'm, i apologize for that but but right it's a it's a good gift that we can savor and worship god as a result of yeah it, 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 and we f- we can forget i mean that's how he de- designed it you know um that part of creation is is not an afterthought he created us with bodies to um you know, to, to be able to experience and enjoy the material creation. Um, that's all by design. So um, when we somehow uh, think differently on the matter and, and you know, kind of w- 
think of our bodies and, and that part of our life as something to transcend, we're really, in essence, whether we mean to or not, but kind of calling God's plan into question. And um, you know, that, again, that's it's not how he wants us. He wants us to enjoy the things that you're talking about. True, they can um, be used for sinful purposes, um, but the same is true of you know that 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 inner part of us that that is the soul, that immaterial part of us. Our thoughts can be uh, just as sinful. Um, our desires, uh, you know, our emotions, uh, things that we often attribute to the soul, th those can be disordered and f they're just as fallen. So the, the fact that we can, you know, uh, misuse our bodies in the material world around us doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it still was not originally intended to be part of God's good creation. Right. And I think that's an important, you know, point to make about the, how the soul can lead us uh, or, or, you know, have sinful uh, motivations as well. Obviously, you know, as we were just talking about in the sermon discussion, right, if my motivation to give is to uh, try to earn favor with God or look good, uh, you know, to my to my friends or, or church family or whatever that looks like, right, that's that's a, that's a motivation that's coming out of my, my soul, my heart. Uh, it's not, you know, my hand saying, oh, this would be really cool if I did this. Um, and so I think that's an important thing is we, we try to uh, hold intention, right, like, the body and the soul are created good and we can use both to experience God. But I think you, you touch on this as well in the devotional, how can the neglect of either the body or the soul lead to really the damage of the other? The, the body and the soul, although they're separate things, they work together. And, um, you know, as a result, what is going on with one impacts the other, um, you mentioned Corey talking about being hangry, you know, um, that that's uh, an example of our physical experience having a direct impact on our inner emotional experience. Um, in the opposite direction, you know, stress or depression often um, manifests itself in, you know, certain physical um, things, whether that that's, uh, you know, tension in the muscles or, um, uh, other physical components, it it works in, in both both directions, but that's that's because they they are are interconnected. You can't really um, neglect one without having uh, a response in the other area. Right. For me, you know, learning how to listen to my body is often the indicator of kind of what's going on beneath the surface. Uh, and one of those ways is like for stress. Recently, it's been something where my stomach will just be a mess. And I'm kind of like, I don't feel stressed in the way that I, I used to just get, you know, really tight shoulders. Or I wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, and the last couple of years, it's been more like my stomach now. Um, and it's funny, but then you, you start to listen to that and go, okay, wait, that's my body reacting to something else that's going on, right? And so, okay, I take an antacid, and then I try to <laughs> try to figure out, all right, what's, uh, what's the stressor of my life? Uh, but you're right how, again, that interconnectedness also helps us to see, you know, neglecting one really is to the detriment of the other. 
um, and, and how, again, both, like we were talking about, can, can help us really experience the Lord. Yeah, I give the example uh, in the devotion that, that one of my professors, you know, talked about a student um, that he was kind of ministering to who was, you know, just having all sorts of you know, anger and other issues. Um, and as they talked, the student wasn't getting enough sleep. And, you know, rather than, you know, you know prescribing, you know, more Bible reading, uh, you know, you know, serving in, in this or that ministry to get himself, you know, right spiritually, you know, my professor was wise enough to say, hey, g- get some more sleep. <laughs> and that's what the student did. And, and pretty soon he was kind of back to his, his normal self. Um, <clears throat> that's not to say that all of our spiritual issues can be, you know, taken care of with, you know, uh, exercise and, and more uh, sleep, but there there is a connection that we're you know if we're not uh, taking care of our ourselves in that way, th- there is a, a, a spiritual component that's gonna you know start to to show up or, or whether it's gonna be anger or you know having trouble you know controlling other desires or whatever it may be there you know we're not setting ourselves up for um, doing as well as we can, you know, if we're not taking care of care of our bodies as we ought to. Yeah, I can totally relate to the sleep thing. I'm someone who absolutely needs eight hours a night. Uh, You know, nine would probably be perfect, but that's sometimes uh, unrealistic with, you know, depending on my schedule. But back in college, my roommates would always, you know, kind of teased me. It was like Dave's solid eight hours was kind of the like saying we would joke about because, you know, we'd be hanging out or whatever. And I'd be like, all right, time to go to bed. And they're like, what? It's, you know, Friday night or whatever. And it's like, I, maybe it sounds lame to you, but I know that if I get five hours of sleep tonight, even though it's Saturday tomorrow, I'm not going to be motivated to do homework. You know, I'm more likely to get sick, you know, and the list goes on. It's just, I'm not going to be a good roommate either. Uh, you're not going to want to be around me. Uh, my wife can attest to that, you know, currently, um, and right, uh, those things actually affect us. Uh, and so, you know, it's wise to pursue those things. And obviously, like you said, not everything is a, is a physical, has a physical, you know, root to it, uh, you know, problem, but some things are, you know, spiritual, but I think being, being open to the idea that there might be some combination. Um, and again, you can't be too prescriptive on that, but uh, I think there are times in which there's kind of both a spiritual and a physical problem kind of manifesting itself um and it is making me think of you know one of the doctrines that i don't think we talk a lot about when we talk about heaven is how we are going to have a heavenly body a new body um i think a lot of times we focus on eternity with god and we think about a relationship with him um but i don't think we often consider what that means that you know why it's good news that we're going to have a heavenly body so what uh what do you think about that yeah, a lot of us, I think, kind of buy into an idea of heaven, you know, it's it's just our souls hanging out on a cloud, you know, doing whatever. But we, we don't, you know, really think of having bodies. But when you, when you look at uh, a number of teachings, but in, in the book of Revelation, for example, you know, the new heaven, the new earth, you know, heaven 
comes down and the picture that we get is one of sort of a return to, um, you know, the Garden of Eden, you know, even perhaps, you know, a higher, to a higher degree, but it's, it's a bodily creaturely existence. And, um, you know, I, I think the good news in that is again, kind of what we had talked about earlier, that this is God's plan for us. He created us with a body. Um, and that's how he intends us to experience our relationship with him and with his creation. And the good news is that we'll get to do that um, to the fullest when Christ returns, and you know, it's, it, it, and we get to spend eternity with Him. But you know, eternity is not this this ephemeral, bodiless existence. It's it's a return to a universe um, the way God intended it to be. Right, and I think you see that in Scripture. You know, also like in a passage like Romans 8, where Paul talks about us, you know, groaning along with creation, longing for the redemption of our bodies. And that's because, as you're saying, right, they're tainted by sin. And so we experience ailments, uh, both, you know, because of age and because, uh, you know, we get injured or we get sick or, you know, those sorts of things. And one day that will be no more. Uh, and I think that's personally something I've started to think a little bit more about and it is encouraging and exciting to think like you're saying that's okay that's God's original design so what will it look like to experience life and experience creation with a body that has not been marred with sin uh that is you know incapable of experiencing any sort of ailment um that is perfect in in the you know according to God's original design uh, and I think that's just something that is incredibly exciting and, and I think hope inspiring as well. Yeah. I think because we live in, in a fallen world, uh, in fallen bodies, it, it's hard for us to, to truly understand what that will be like. Um, but I think the, the, uh, images that we get of it, uh, as you know, for example, in revelation or Paul talking about it in Romans eight, and in other places, it it's it's enough uh, to uh, excite us because again, I don't know what it's like to experience all the the good things that we experience in this world to their fullest unfallen state. But we get enough of a taste of it that again, it's it, it's good news and, and and something to to be looking forward to. Absolutely. Well, let's pause the discussion here. Uh, and I think this is, you know, an important topic. It's, you know, thinking about having a body and a soul, you know, again, I, I don't think that's something we think about regularly in our day-to-day -day life, but I hope as you're listening to this, it is encouraging as you think about, okay, the, the goodness that you experience now, right, is just uh, a glimpse into what heaven will be like, both from, you know, the soul perspective and, and body as well. Um, and so I hope that as you're listening, that's encouraging as you think about, all right, not only how can you take advantage of that now, right? How can you experience uh, the good gifts of the Lord presently? Um, but longing, you know, as again, in Romans 8, longing for the redemption of those things uh, and that experience one day when we are with Christ and experiencing that perfectly. Well, as always, Phil, thank you so much for all of your thoughts and wisdom. Before we close, 
want to remind you that if you have any questions about the topics that we are discussing, you can send those to my email. We would love to hear from you. Uh, my email is davidmorelli at parkcitychurch.net. If you send those to us, we will attempt to answer them. Next week, we will continue through the Sermon on the Mount by discussing the Lord's Prayer. Then, in the devotional, we will be talking about how God created us in his image. So please join us next week for that discussion. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Park City Podcast. We hope this resource helps you to see and savor God's goodness, beauty, and grace in your life. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.parkcitychurch.net. Once again, thanks for listening.